Dear members, welcome guests of St. John's. Where do you go to get away from it all, to find a little peace and quiet when you desperately need it? You know, it's not easy these days, especially with the increasing congestion and the noise-infested world. The other day, for example, my wife and I decided to go over to Huntley Meadows Park. I think many of you have probably been there. Very quiet place, looking for some solitude. Nothing more than maybe the chirp of a bird or maybe the croak of a frog, right? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it happened that day that we happened to be right in the landing pattern of Reagan National Airport. And one after the other, jet engine roared across until finally there was no pittance of silence. And oh yes, <laughs> it was also time for summer camp. And there were about 20 sub-teenagers in orange t-shirts romping around doing what they do best, making lots of noise. And finally, it seemed like almost every other person we passed on the, on the path was yakking on their cell phone. So much for peace and quiet. Well, our gospel lesson from St. Mark, today we find Jesus and his disciples looking for a place where they could find a little peace and quiet. Prior to this, we remember that Jesus had sent out his disciples in pairs, one together, to spread the good news of the kingdom in village after village, and they worked hard. And today they came back and reported their success. And while a couple weeks ago we heard about the resistance to Jesus' message in his hometown of Nazareth, the surrounding countryside really resonated to that message, so much so that they were inundated with requests and had no opportunity to get any rest, not even to nibble or nosh on food. So they jumped at Jesus' suggestion to take a break, get away from it all, a place of peace, it is called. But as they discovered, that was not to be. While they were looking for a place of peace, the needs of the people were such that they were seeking peace in another place. And this led to the realization that peace is not a place. So today's appointed scripture lessons provide us with an opportunity to examine once again from a biblical perspective what is the nature of peace. Well, in biblical times, the image of the shepherd came immediately to mind when people tried to conceptualize and define peace. That tranquil scene of sheep grazing and the tender shepherd leading them was just the perfect quietude that led to peace. And the quality and characteristic of the shepherd was paramount because, as Jeremiah points out in today's Old Testament lesson, there were a lot of selfish and wicked shepherd leaders in his day whose focus was on themselves 
on their own agenda, not on the welfare and faith of the flock or people they were to lead. And the result was a disintegration of trust in leadership, which led to chaos, uncertainty, and ultimate destruction. In contrast, the Good Shepherd was one whose total focus is and concern is upon the flock, the sheep, even when and if it involves danger, risk, or inconvenience to the shepherd. The quality and character of that kind of shepherd is so well described in today's psalm, often called the Good Shepherd Psalm. The Good Shepherd not only finds a place of peace, he becomes peace for the flock. As long as they can see his presence, as long as they can hear his voice, they are finding peace in the flock as a whole and in each individual sheep as well. And this brings us then to the meat of the meaning of peace, which we find in today's epistle lesson from Ephesians. Here, St. Paul is articulating to one of his favorite congregations the earth-shaking news that the Gentiles, the Gentiles, you almost say that with a, with a, a word of, of pity or something. In fact, the, in Hebrew, it's called goyim. The goyim were now in the new order of things and they were included along with and equal to the Jewish members of the new household of faith, established by the work of Jesus Christ and demonstrated among their presence by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The dividing wall that separated Jew from Gentile had grown higher and thicker throughout the centuries, so that it was almost impenetrable. They were two different entities, two different worlds, and that condition would simply go on forever. Had it not been for the peaceful intervention of our good shepherd, Jesus, who is the Christ. Walls can serve a purpose, but they can also be intimidating. I will never forget the feeling of dread I felt. Walking to the end of Drei und Zwanzigsten Märzstrasse on a cold, dreary December day to see for myself the bane of Berlin, the ugly eyesore called the Berlin Wall. Not only was the wall itself intimidating, but the areas that had been cleared on either side of the wall, the no man's land, and those Russian guards up there in the guard tower peering down at you through binoculars certainly didn't help. I would never have thought at that time that just 22 years later, that wall would be breached and broken. Imagine that. 
the 9th of November, 1989. The symbol of division now became the trophy of reunification on both sides. And I and everyone else was able for the first time in over 30 years to walk unimpeded through both sides of the Brandenburg Gate. You know, for many years, I saved a few chunks of that graffiti wall, but in our last move, there wasn't any room, so it got ditched into the trash bin of history where it probably belongs. <laughs> but that situation that I've just described in no way even compares with what Paul is describing in Ephesians. Because he contends it's not only a new era, it's a new creation, a new humanity that Christ has created. The chaos that God's first creation overcame by giving standards and by giving fulfillment, now that same chaos had been overcome by the cross of Christ, which crushed through like a battering ramp the wall that separated Jew and Gentile, reuniting a broken relationship that we had with God and building the structure of a new relationship with God that offers us lasting peace. Thus the resurrected Jesus' first words to his disciples, peace be to you, was more than simply bidding hello to his buddies. He was announcing the dawn of a new creation in his restoration of peace. Our relationship with God is now possible vertically, but it doesn't stop there because it also has to extend horizontally in all of our relationships. As we enter our broken world of discord and division, it's obvious that each of us has some walls to tear down. Reconciliation that is needed to bring lasting peace into our lives. That's the meaning of that passage, by the way, in the Good Shepherd Psalm that says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That doesn't mean that I can sit down and fare sumptuously while all the bad guys are out there. Rather, it hearkens to a condition in Jesus' day where when two people had a discourse, a dis dis were in arguments with one another or were divided, that they would eventually sit down and work through each issue one by one. And when they were all resolved and reconciliation had taken place, they would symbolize that agreement with the sharing of a meal. And that meal would always begin with the breaking of a single loaf of bread. Today again, Christ has set a table before us to resolve the sins that put us at enmity with God. But as we rise restored and forgiven from this table. Let the bread which we have shared together 
cause us to tear down the dividing wall that impedes relationships of any kind and prevents peace. Well, peace is not a place, certainly not. And the first disciples found that out, but they did find peace in their relationship with their Savior Rabbi. And they also found that relationship with the people that they served. May we not only find that peace for ourselves, but also willingly and copiously share that peace, the peace the ensured Good Shepherd so richly bestows on each of us. And so we end with those same words, peace be with you. Amen.